It is time now for our scripture this morning. And it comes from Luke 1, 67 through 79. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the prophecy, Blessed be the Lord of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we would be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all that hate us. Thus he was shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestors Abraham to grant that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you today that you have come to this place. We thank you that your Holy Spirit reigns in our hearts. We pray today that your Holy Spirit speak through me and in spite of my voice today so that we may hear your voice that we may come to an understanding of what your peace is in spite of our own understanding. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. So, today, it's about Isaiah. Now, this part that I just read a moment ago wasn't really from Isaiah, it was from Luke, but it answers prophecy from Isaiah. And so we, we start with that, prophecy, messianic prophecy. And you know, we weren't the only ones to study messianic prophecy. Lots of people studied messianic prophecy. We start today with Isaiah though. guys, I'm kind of losing some of the enthusiasm I had when we first started this adventure.
I doubt it. Well, uh, addressing these people, that was my plan as of a few minutes ago. Oh, sorry to interrupt. May I ask what the subject of talk is? It's Isaiah. I doubt it. Well, okay, you're welcome to join us in the congregation. Thank you for, for joining us today, and thank you for, for uh, giving us some reminder. Well, here we are with Isaiah, and last week we heard the story of Zechariah, how the light of grace shines over the hope of the darkness of despair. And this week we pick up where we left off with part of Zechariah's promising song to guide our feet into the way of peace. Peace is that which overcomes our enmity. Peace brings people back into relationship with God and each other. But peace, well, real peace is always an act of God's grace. We turn to the story of the prophet Isaiah to see how the light of peace shines upon us. Isaiah was called to be a prophet of the Lord. Yet the first words that Isaiah speaks in the moment of his calling are not words shared in peace. Remember I have said before that prophets bring a word of gloom and doom. And they do. And then they say, but you need to get right. And when you do get right, God will bring his promises to you. Because there's always hope. And in that hope, there is peace. In fact, Isaiah 6-5 starts out with this, with Isaiah saying, woe is me. I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips yet my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts Isaiah knows that he is a sinner and deserves the judgment that comes upon all of us who are sinners and that judgment is death here in this moment, as he stands in the very presence of God, Isaiah knows the sharp contrast between God's holiness and his own sinful being. Perhaps we even know that and feel that, and it unsettles us. Moreover, Isaiah knows that he lives among people who are also sinners like him, and that all are lost and all fall short of the glory of God. And our sinfulness 
Well, sometimes we even remain silent, especially when we're in the presence of God. Yet the light of grace shines upon Isaiah, and an angel of the Lord, a cherubim, reaches out and touches his mouth with a burning coal from the altar of God, a symbol of cleansing and a symbol of healing, and says to him, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and been blotted out. You see, only when our guilt is covered with the mercy that, of God and our sins are blotted out, sometimes that's when we think we can speak freely. Only when we have the grace of God. But the good news is the grace of God that saved Isaiah from his sinfulness, just as God's grace saves us. Isaiah would never forget how he was set free by the divine light of grace. Even Isaiah's own name means the Lord is salvation. The Lord is salvation. You see, Isaiah's message for the people would point them to the day of salvation. And that day when all would be able to rejoice. In fact, Isaiah says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say on that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the nation and proclaim his name exalted. You see, the light of grace is a light of peace that restores us to relationship with God. Mm. Restores us to relationship with God. That light shines upon, that shines upon Isaiah and enables him to take up his calling as a prophet of the Lord. It shines on us today. So when the Lord calls out, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah humbly but boldly replies in the newfound relationship of peace. Here I am. Send me. Those are words that sometimes we're reluctant to say, isn't it? Because it unsettles us. Sometimes it even makes us so nervous that we're afraid to appear, appear before God, appear before each other. And sometimes our fear breaks our relationship. Hmm. You see, in pride and arrogance of heart, they said, the bricks have fallen. In fact, in Isaiah 9, 9 through 10, it says the bricks have fallen, but we will build with dressed stones. The sycamores have been cut down. And we will put cedars in their places. You see, make no mistake. God would speak words of compassionate peace. Compassionate peace. Boy, that's something we all need. A little bit more compassion in this world, right? And because compassion brings peace, it also brings joy and hope and love. When Isaiah answers the call, he finds the first words of the Lord for the people is not one of peace, but unfortunately one of judgment. Mm. God 
exposes the people to truth, their own sinfulness. We can walk around ourselves with mirrors in front of our faces, right? Knowing that we are sinners, me included. But the next thing we are reminded of is that we are supposed to keep listening, listening for God's word, listening for God's voice in the quietness and in the stillness. You see, God knew that hearts of the people had been hardened. And you know what? Sometimes we harden ourselves on purpose. Oh, all we have to do is listen to the news and we have to brace ourselves for the news, right? We have to brace ourselves for, well, if you watched any of the political goings-on of this week, you, you brace yourselves for that. You brace yourselves for the next disaster. We brace ourselves for so many things. But God knew that we needed peace. There's healing in the midst of God's judgment. And the last word of the Lord to Isaiah may provide the best clue of the healing and of God's grace. From Isaiah 6.13, the holy seed is its stump. Hmm. So who is the holy seed? Well, it's Jesus, our Lord, the Prince of Peace. Jesus knew that people were blinded and, and had their eyes, their hearts hardened. He knew that we, if we had all those things going on in our minds and on our bodies, we wouldn't be able to hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> Just like we can't hear from each other when we start debating back and forth and, and political rhetoric or have differing opinions or think we're always right. And yes, I fall into that category too. And so sometimes we need to take that step back and listen, listen. Isaiah 57, 19 says, peace, peace to the far and the near, says the Lord, I will heal them. You see, I can't heal you. You can't heal me. There's nothing in this world that can heal our brokenness. But we have peace with God through Christ. Mm. We are found in our lostness, healed of our wretchedness, and given sight beyond our blindness. From the felled tree of our sin and death, there grows a new branch, a righteous branch. Indeed, it is Christ, Christ himself growing as that seed, growing up and giving us the grace. In fact, eventually that seed will grow so the, so the branch will blossom and heal us. You see, in Isaiah 11, 1, it says, A shoot shall come out from the stalk of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. It's one of the most treasured things that we could have. It's the most treasured thing we may have. 
Isaiah foretold of this tender sprouting flower, the rose of God sent to us in the midst of our darkest winter. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and he shall be named Emmanuel. Isaiah 7:14. Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us in the light of peace that has come to us for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ was sent from heaven for us, the Son of God, from the throne of God's righteousness, so that we may behold the light of peace. Jesus Christ came not, not prizing his equality with God, but emptied himself, taking on our human form. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says, For a child has been born of us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His authority shall know, grow continuously, and there shall be endless peace the throne, for the throne of David and his kingdom. You see, Isaiah knew that grace did not come cheap. There is a cost for grace. Healing peace for our sake came when our Lord Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Hmm. Even death on a cross. He bore our judgment unto death so that we may be set free from the judgment. The people who walked in the darkness have seen a great light. And those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. In Christ's light, there is grace and then there is peace. And there is hope for tomorrow. There's hope for today. There's hope and peace for each one of us. And when we settle that hope, that light of hope into our hearts, when we settle that and accept that light of grace, then the light of peace washes over us as well. Some days, I wonder if I'm going to be able to tangibly reach out and touch that peace ever. And then there are days where I sit here and I come in the sanctuary and I sit. Sometimes I sit in the dark and just look at the windows. You see, there's peace. You just have to look for it. Some days when I'm just driving along, I look out and I see corn being picked where I see deer walking through a field, or even last night I saw possums crossing the road. There's so many ways to see that there is so much peace in the world if we open our hearts to it, open our hearts to what God has given us. Can you feel it? Better question is, do you want it? 
if you do want it, ask the Lord. Ask the Lord to make himself tangible to you. I got good news. He already has. That's that grace that goes before us, that pervenient grace. And when we reach out and say, yes, I want that for myself, then we have justified grace and sanctified grace, and we live into the light of peace. Live into that today. Live into that just like these magi are searching for. Live into that just like this world is searching for. Let them know where they can find it. It's in Jesus. Let us pray. Lord God, I thank you today for the light of peace, the Prince of Peace, who has come into this dark world, a world full of sin and despair, a world that needs you so desperately. May your light shine in each of us today. But more importantly, may your light shine out of us today. A light that shines peace into this world. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>